Welcome to the Relatively Unknown Podcast. It's me, Brett, as usual. Um, appreciate all y'all that support the show. If you want some cool shit, head to shop.relativelyunknown.co. That's where I put all my things that I find. Uh, it's a great way to not buy. To, it's a way to buy shit and reuse stuff and not make new things. And um, I got some really I got some really cool pottery in there uh, that just went up this week. So if you're in a carnival glass too, there's some interesting things. So shop that relatively unknown.co. And then, you know, if the prices are like, make you like, Oh, this guy's not a fucking socialist. Uh, <laughs> then I give 20% off to anybody that's a member of the Patreon. That includes the $3 people. So you pay $3 and you could save maybe 10, 12, 20 off some nice antiques. Um, and that's socialism. That's the socialism. <laughs> the coupons are the socialism. <laughs> That's how we're gonna get there. <laughs> yeah, coupon. I'm an extreme couponer myself. So yeah, I, I um I work that CVS system hardcore. <laughs> um today on the show we have uh I would consider a friend, uh also a podcaster, a multi-instrumentalist, and all around good guy, uh Justin Comer from the Rock Hard po- Rock Hard Caucus podcast. Yeah, hey Brett, good to be here. And uh, you're and who's what's the music stuff? Oh, uh, I think probably my most prominent group that I'm in is called Wombat. It's an improvisation trio. Uh, I play saxophone for that, and we've also got Will Yeager on bass and Carlos Cotayo Solaris on electric guitar. Uh, we're going to be playing on the East Coast in March. So if you live in Philadelphia, Baltimore, or Washington, D.C., you may have an opportunity to see Wombat live. Awesome. That rocks. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've never been to any of those cities yet. Yeah, I have to say, I'm impre- I've always been impressed ever since I met you. Uh, you are just like, uh, you have so much purpose and you do so many impressive, cool things. And, uh, you know, not with a lot of fanfare, um, you just like knock it out of the park dude yeah i i try to keep busy and i try to i try to do good things for the people i know and who are around me <laughs> yeah i mean it pays off for sure okay so um before we get started here i wanted to mention a few things uh so yesterday was vasant panchami it's a holiday to celebrate the goddess saraswati She's part of the tri-devi of like Lakshmi and Parvati, um, you know, in like, there's like specific sects of Hinduism that only support, like only, only worship the goddesses. Um, so she's like a big one, but like her, she does, she's poetry, she's art, she's wisdom. She's like, uh, 
fertility and like the seed kind of way, not necessarily the womb kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're supposed to wear like bright colors um, because it's like, according to like the lunar calendar, we're halfway through the winter months. Um, that's really the point of it all. That's, that's the only reason I care to celebrate <laughs> that. Um, yeah. Do you the have winter- like seasonal sort of mood cycles? Um, I did for a long time. Um, and I, I guess I do actually, I still do because I have to do a lot of stuff to combat it. And it's only been a matter of like making it through the winter to figure out like I need milestones. Um, right. I need the sad lamp. I use the sad lamp and I know a lot of people sh- snicker at them. And I, I mean, I've been committed for fucking bipolar, so I'm not like the fake, I'm not faking my depression, you know? Right. right. Um, <laughs> um, it makes it, it makes a damn difference. Um, I don't know for me, it's become, I've, I've like, are you a daily ritual guy? Like, do you have the same, do you wake up and do the same thing or do you like, uh, not, not with any sort of intention, but I, I do tend to wake up and eat a pop tart. <laughs> nice. Oh my God. That is a <laughs> life hack. <laughs> Smart. You wake up, you're happy as fuck immediately. <laughs> it, yeah, it helps. I think I yeah. love them. Um, I love them too. I'm an oatmeal. I do oatmeal immediately, but I, man, I, I haven't had oatmeal in a while, but I do love the like uh, Quaker oats little packs. Yeah, I would definitely do like an Aldi bottom of the barrel, lots oh, of yeah. processed refined sugar shit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, I do not mind that. Like, I think pleasure is a good part of being alive. It certainly helps you get through the day. Yeah. So then, so that was yesterday. For all you Gaelic uh, witches out there, Imbolc is on February first. Um, it's like the Catholics like stole it, like the fucking co-opted it it's saint bridges day um which means like exalted one um but then there's also like there's a real bridget of kildare who was like one of the first like women in the church that like fucking got everybody saved but but i really bridget is like a title it seems to be more of a title because there's like bridget the smith and bridget the physician so there's like care and then there's like execution and Bridget is just like, you know, like it, she was like a, a part of what's called like the Twate Dadanon, which is like the, the just like the magical people basically in Ireland and all of that. Um, so and she's also goddess of poets, woman of wisdom um, and basically just a marker to say that fucking winter is halfway over, <laughs> like whether you're yeah, Irish or Indian. The same thing in a different culture. Yeah. We can all celebrate that winter is halfway done, um, which is important, you know? Yeah. All cultures recognize that winter is a difficult time to to survive. (laughs) Yeah. I've really like, I don't know. I've kind of have fallen into that where people are sharing those kind of uh, those memes of like, uh, you know, winter is a time of staying in and watching your stories. Like, even if that's just binging this TV show, Supernatural, you know, like <laughs> it's okay to like just relax and avoid like all the diseases that are getting passed around, especially yeah. now, you know? Yeah. I think it's only natural to want to stay where it's warm. Yes. It's super cold out. Yeah. Ideally, no one would have to like go to the office for a few months, but yeah. I mean, I, I have been doing delivery though, and I've been getting out, and I do feel like that helps to a certain degree. I do think that like walking around outside, um, definitely is is improving this winter for me you know okay yeah yeah and i, I hate to had, say it's uh, because of work i hate to say 
working is helping me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you, mm, I guess, who are you delivering for? Amazon. Oh my God. <laughs> the worst of the worst. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say maybe like the self self-directed work is helpful, but like, <laughs> yeah, you, you got a boss there for sure. Right. Um, no, you just have an app. So you, you don't like interact with, with like uh, a hierarchy no when you work for them wow interesting yeah they have um it's an app that you just show up and you scan your driver's license and they match you up with a staging area that has like a gondola full of boxes mm -hmm. and you scan it and then take it out to your car and then go deliver it yeah are you using your own vehicle for that yeah it's awful and I also huh. in the in the snow, I totally fucking broke the bottom grill of my car, smashing oh. through the snow. It's yeah. like it's it's a really bad deal. Like it, when you count up how many how much damage it does to your car, the risk of like getting an accident. But the money is fast and easy. It is better yeah. than anything else, to be honest. And right. I'm yeah, working for the like rideshare apps and shit. Yeah, yeah, I've done DoorDash. DoorDash is awful. Um, I I can make like. 25 bucks an hour sometimes 30 bucks an hour there's times i've had three hour shifts that turned out to be 45 minutes you know oh yeah nice um i'm not trying to do an ad for that but i'm just no, saying no. like <laughs> i mean i but this is what i've always done though like i worked for walmart building bikes uh when my mm -hmm. daughter was born because i needed something on the side to generate money and like yeah my, i'm struggling like crazy right now so i'll do what i have yeah, to do money's got to come from somewhere yeah yeah I did also today, um, I signed my notice. I'm uh, moving out. I'm going to move in with my parents again. I, I saw you posted something about maybe having to do that. Yeah. How is, it's, um, how is that going to be for you? I mean, it's an up and down, but to be honest, I haven't been too down about it. Um, I, I actually, just a bit of synchronicity, I, I listened to Ram Das on a podcast, and he said that, he moved in to take care of his parents when they were getting older mm -hmm. and that he understood that success was not measured by like where you live at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. It, it just depends on, I guess your relationship with who you live with. I mean, they're the cause of all my problems. Any, 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 <laughs> anything you've seen online is because of them. Um, <laughs> but my, my dad has changed a lot and, um, my parents were under an amount of stress that I would have cracked under as well. I think that's where I'm at now is that like, I yeah. get fucking, I get fucking mean when the stress gets out of control and like, I'd never lived in the kind of stress of like working all the time and not having fucking ends meet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, or uh, I did, I, I tasted a little bit of it and hated it, but like, I, I just never, with my daughter around, with Charlotte around, I was there just like, hey, I'm fucking Mr. Chill Guy, hangs out at home. I'm gonna, I'm like an adult kid, you know, that <laughs> I've got Peter Pan syndrome and raise a baby. Uh, you know, like I, I don't know what it's like to fucking swing a hammer to get food on the table. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't as stressful for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to, to stay in that mindset when like I, uh, I feel I've been wronged <laughs> or something. I, I try to understand like the situation that people are in. And like, if I, if I have any sort of, if I feel any kind of like uh, animosity towards something my parents have done, I just think about like the situation they were in when I was born. Like 
they lived in Sioux City, Iowa in a trailer. My dad was working for Domino's. My mom worked for Walmart. It's like, fuck. <laughs> and they, yeah. they, my mom was uh, 22 when she had me. It's like, Which, how the fuck did you handle that? <laughs> yeah. But the thing, and the thing is, they love the hell out of each other, though. That, that's that's why you came to exist. Like that's that's why. But then it is like a matter of like I don't have the class. Like you know, when you think about it, like how am I going to fucking make a kid like have a safe environment and have food and all these things? Like um, you know, and, and in this day and age, like people are stringing so much shit together. I, I'm losing my mind. I'm thinking about like. 20 years ago when I was working at a restaurant, I was making like the equivalent of $25 an hour as like an 18 year old. (laughs) Yeah, man. I, I didn't really start working until like the 2008 economic crash was happening. So I've never really, I've never really experienced good pay. (laughs) You don't know boon times. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Basically every job I got was someone old timer telling me like, Oh yeah, man, we used to do this. We used to do that. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a sweet deal to me. And then by the time I'm getting fired, it's like, Oh, they're cheapening the deal. And the new people are in like, I don't mind working the extra hours. And I'm like, we didn't, you have to work the extra hours before though. You don't understand, man. We lost ground. Yeah. Yeah. The owners thrive on that. How there's like a, a new broom sweeps clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a short memory because there's so much turnover in most jobs. Yeah, I mean, God, I actually went to a McDonald's today, and this is my my local McDonald's, which is a crazy thing to say, but when you have a kid, it's not. Um, <laughs> but the lady that runs it um, is such a sweetheart. I know she's not getting paid enough. She's worked there for a very long time. But this is just like one of these icons of customer service to me of like um, – God damn it. She doesn't need to like go to school or learn STEM. She doesn't have to like figure out a way out of McDonald's. This place is better. Like she said, she knows all of the regulars Like she talks to all the old men that come there to drink their fucking coffee. She -hmm. knows people's orders. Like I've seen her take a a fucking crazy amount of abuse, you know, like, and, and and she, I I hope, and I doubt she's a homeowner, you know? And like, I just, I just feel like she deserves the goddamn world because these the places are hard to make work because of that. It's yeah, just constant in, chaos. In the like vision of the like idealized like post-war America, she would be like the diner owner. But instead she's just yeah. managing a franchise. Exactly. Yeah. Uh and and yeah, that I would yeah, I would love to see her diner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like like you said, like most people don't really uh achieve a lot more than that and that shouldn't be an issue like you shouldn't have to always be constantly striving to do more than be a really good mcdonald's manager yeah that's and that's where i'm at too with um myself where it's like i mean it's a matter of priorities i mean a lot of people really care about like having a a house or a mortgage or having expensive things or, or achieving or investing and all that stuff. And it's, it's just not relevant to me. And so it doesn't have to be a part of like my morals. It doesn't have to be part of my like makeup of my life or anything like that at all. You know, like I'm, I'm mostly concerned. I have like right now I'm concerned about my altar, which I wake up and do my little rituals and that starts the magic of the day. Um, and other than that, like, um, I'm very happy and I'm, I feel very focused and I just am ready to move to a new part 
of my life um, were like I'm way more delusional and I believe the illusions, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that that's, uh, I mean, that's really the way to, to survive in like the American dream that we're experiencing is you, you have to be somewhat deluded <laughs> in some way to really like make it through and be happy. Yeah. Um, you were, we, you were brought up a religious guy. Yeah. Uh, I went to Methodist churches growing up, uh, both sides of my family, my mom's side, my dad's side were, uh, were religious. They were, uh, Methodist Christians. So I was raised in that tradition. So like awful food, <laughs> how bad was like potluck food, like that stuff? Uh, well, I feel like I have very, uh, I have a low bar to clear when it comes to food. So hey, I'm, I do pretty too. I'm pretty happy with just like the, uh, the Midwest potluck style. <laughs> Would someone like throw just, some, some grape jelly in the, the weenies? <laughs> I don't Swing think I've up. tried that. <laughs> That's an Ohio uh, trick. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking now about like a big pot of just like plain mashed potatoes. <laughs> like, oh no. Hey, it fills you up. <laughs> I'm thinking of like, cheese with butter with sour cream with like the whole tour of the dairy is i feel like most of the dishes the traditional dishes of ohio at least yeah those three things just stirred up and and put on a, a heat potatoes yeah <laughs> whatever yeah. whatever works in there um is that how you got into the instruments too um Kind of. Uh, so I'm mainly a saxophonist. Uh, my dad played sax when he was young. And so he sort of uh, taught me like the basic fingerings when I was uh, oh. when I was nine. So that's kind of how I got into that. Um, oh, my, shit. Mom, my mom's mom uh, had a piano and she would play piano at at church and stuff. And she like taught young kids. So I learned a little bit of piano from her and I picked up a violin in school in fourth grade. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, musical performance opportunities came through church stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was something I thought about with my daughter. Was like, man, the only way, like, she wants to sing and stuff, and I'm like, just ch church is the only way. I feel that people There's, you get that bred into you, or like you get enough constant practice, you know? Right, it's a weekly thing, so you do. Yeah, you end up singing a lot. It's free. <laughs> Your parents like it, you know. Um, yeah, also, I mean, yeah, I mean, I fucking like the Kirtan shit so much, the like, uh, call and response, like, mm -hmm, uh, the, mm -hmm. um, I tried to, I took my daughter, but like, I don't want to force her to go to like church, you know, cause like every yeah. kid talks about how much they hated that. <laughs> what kind of place did you go to? I went to like the Hare Krishna house. Oh, okay. I don't think we, well, I'm sure we have, you some have people one around here, you but definitely yeah. Have one. <laughs> I, I'm not completely unfamiliar with that other than your, you know, talking about it. Yeah, I don't. Well, I guess I'll be clear about it. I mean, I don't like it's uh, it's not ideal, um, but it's like the only place where I can go. I know to like get some of these traditions and practices and stuff. Um, the people are awesome. Like I've just read some stuff about the guy that started it, which just mm -hmm. like every 1960s guy just did not was not good there's just not good <laughs> if i yeah, mean if you if you're like a hippie kind of guy who ends up leading like uh 
a spiritual group, like you probably have some nefarious uh, ideas. <laughs> well, well, so here's what it is. I'll, I'll tell it to you. Um, Swami Prabhupada, which I think was doing really good work. He left India and came to New York city and he was inspired by this dude in the 1500s named Kaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, mm-hmm. who basically was like, all you do is if you chant the name of the Lord all the time, you'll find ecstasy. Like he was just like the guy in town that was constantly saying the, the Hare Krishna prayer. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where like this guy got it from. So he brought it to America. I do think that saying it is like an auspicious and good thing. And I think that he is right to say that like a lot of shit will come into focus or make sense. The more you say it, you know, it will just, it will calm your heart. Um, but he was just like really weird about race and shit and like homosexuality, which is like, I just can't be cool with that. I don't want to have like my black friends think that I'm like making like, Oh, he's a magic Indian guy or whatever. And so what, so what is something about Negroes, you know, it's like, fuck that, you know, but also it's like there is, there's black folks there when I go and there's a lot of other people. Um, it's the people there are wonderful. Um, but you know, I just don't, I'm not, I don't believe in like the exalted nature of that dude. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Most dudes are just dudes. Like if yeah. it's like a person you can meet in real life, he's probably not like an ascended spiritual being. Exactly. Still a man, <laughs> still a man. I mean, you know yeah, what also, yeah. the, this is the funny thing though, of like, this was also happening in the sixties and seventies is I've read about a few like grifters that were like, Oh no, I know about Hinduism better than Prabhupada. And uh, I'm going to start my own thing. And it turns into like a sex cult or some sort yep, of fucking yep. money laundering or like, <laughs> they're just like, I'm, it's less. So I'm like, I'm walking in the well-worn path of like schizophrenics that abuse people. But I promise I'm not, I'm trying to thread the needle. You know, that's that. I yeah. guess this is like, this part of my journey here is like, I'm learning. I'm like looking these things up. Like I just type in the guy's name controversy, you know, like I, I would do that for, <laughs> I do that for anybody. I got yeah, my own a, controversy page too. So I, yeah. I think all the same, but it's I just want to know get who that I'm context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't want to be surprised. And a friend of mine, I mean, there's a friend of mine, he's a discordian, but he said that he was like, you know, he knew about some, like, uh, they were doing some homophobia shit, like back in the nineties when he was in, in the circle or something. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. I don't want to be a part of that. You know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty common among like, well, pretty much any. It's religion. Any, it's still religion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like we were talking about, I grew up in the Methodist church. They have this big like schism going on because there's like a, a more conservative wing of, uh, and I don't remember the names of like the, the, the groups or whatever, but there, there's a more conservative wing of Methodism. That's like still pretty homophobic. And then there's a more progressive wing and there's, um, and I don't even remember the name of the church, but there's a local, uh, Methodist church that just like left the conference and is now just like an independent church because they are, are like cool with queer people. Yeah. Which I think makes the most sense. I mean, that's what I, I mean. I don't want to say I know it better than anybody else, but for me, like my, my belief is like Vishnu Krishna is a protector. And I think that's all of us. I think that every human is a protector. I think that we're supposed to protect the life that we have here. I think we're supposed to protect each other. I think we're supposed to protect the earth. And I mm-hmm. think that's like the purpose of, of every last thing. And that's why we're all like joined into this together, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty like uh, a spiritual at this point in my life, but I do sure. think that that there's a lot of value in the idea of like focusing on and recognizing the uh, the connectedness of of all of humanity and the rest of uh, the rest of like all of life that we encounter while we are in whatever uh, existential plane we're in now. Uh, but if if you have some way of at least acknowledging that you are part of a bigger uh, interconnected web of existence and that, and that that means you have some responsibility for the other parts of this web of existence, I think that it's a good thing to be able to reach that point and live your life with that truth in mind. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So that's what I do. My my daily routine now, I wake up, I lay flat on the floor and put my face on the ground to just like signify that like I give myself up to like whatever the whole fucking whatever this whole mess is. Like mm-hmm. I, I like I do not have any sort of uh of understanding, you know, of of what the meaning of life or all this stuff is. Like I just give it up to, you know, the great beyond. That's like that's what's helped me, I guess. And then also mm-hmm. so well, yeah. So also when I went bonkers, I had this like, here's what I came to, to understand, like in mathematically and shit um, is that. So the if you think of like the sun's the center of everything and like people say it's going to burn out or whatever. And like mm-hmm. as it's burning, it's like an engine of energy and stuff and maybe expansion and all of that. And imagine it burns out and like starts to come back together and and get smaller again. And like everything goes still. And it becomes like a fucking like think of like a one percent of the size of the universe, a little fucking crystal, a black crystal or something. Like as that hardens, eventually the pressure gets so high that it breaks. And like Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism all say that Om is like the creation of everything. So I imagine like Om is the sound that cracks when like the universe goes still you know, before it goes into another expansion, you know, um, like that's, that's kind of where I felt is that like, I, that's my reincarnation is that like things will go still and then come back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it'll take a trillion years, but we have infinity. Like we, we're a part of infinity. So it'll, it trillion is nothing in the, in the matter of infinity and the yugas, like the ages of like humanity and stuff, you know? Yeah. It, it is interesting how, uh, everything like you can observe a cycle in pretty much your whole experience. Like we were talking about winter earlier. There's, you know, the cycle of the seasons, uh, the moon of course is a big one. And all of this ties into all that like spiritual stuff, like, cause it's just people observing the cycles of life. And then you're just zooming out now with the, the yeah. whole universe contracting and expanding. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. It's, it's like an intrinsic feeling, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I've really enjoyed like uh, po- pontificating on that. And like, uh, I don't know. It's helped me like understand things more about like uh, all the questions I had, like uh, a lot of that stuff just came together in that realm. Um, but I'm definitely trying to avoid cults is what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and it, I'm I not going to start it. I don't want to start a cult either. That's what I say. We are all, I'm mm-hmm. all Vishnu. I don't have any like extra inside or anything i pierce the veil you know in my own way i'm not trying to get followers you know yeah an important element of this i think is to see yourself as not above or below any other people we're all 
all going through this together. We're all equal beings. None of us are to be leaders of another. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I think everybody is redeemed in the end. I do feel like those, like what all those religions that talk about that. I think that like everything goes still and starts anew. And then we have different parts to play the next time the iteration mm-hmm. comes around. Um, but you know, you have to accept that like you're, we're, we're all like, that's the, the, we're all sinners thing is that like, we're all fallible and we should, the people that fall through the cracks are criminals are like bad neighborhoods are a matter of us, like not protecting people, not caring. It's a matter of us not doing our like cosmic code, which is to help spread the like you know, fruition and like to, to get, make sure everyone has a bounty and that like all humans are, you know, are um, taken care of because that's the, that's also like the, just we're all each other type thing, you know? Yep. Yep. We're collectively like failing our responsibility to each other. Exactly. And it would be, I mean, I mean, nobody wants to admit that we all want to kick off and take the day and leave early. Like if we all just said like, we're doing four hours of work, everybody's doing four hours of work a day. How about I just come in and give you my four hard hours and you pay me for the eight, you pay me (laughs) for the overtime. Like we all could be doing things so easy. Um, Buckminster Fowler is like, has been always been one of my heroes because he was just so like to the point of like humanity can get better and faster and stronger and we can relieve, we can use technology to relieve the suffering of, of work of like the not having enough, you know, there, we have so much now that we have so much, we can even distill, you know, the electronics that we had, if we took them apart, instead of just throwing them into fucking dumpsters if we reorganize the insides of our old phones and things like that and use that to manufacture new things, like, but it's, it's just not profitable, you know, like that right. the profit it's- motive <laughs> fucks it all up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. I remember encountering uh buck, Mr. Fuller's ideas in like my early twenties. And, and it's, it was a really eye opening thing. Like the 40 hour work week is like an idea from a hundred years ago. And like, it's the, the idea of having everybody on that same schedule is like completely unnecessary. We have the means to keep this system running uh, definitely more efficiently and more sustainably than we're doing now, but with people in general working way less. I think, I think what Buckminster full, he was, was he like a libertarian? I don't know. know He just, he always just says like, futurist is what it always says yeah yeah i think what's i I mean i don't know like a lot about his writing but i think what's missing at least is like uh identifying the enemies of the future (laughs) which is like the people who who own everything in our current system and who are keeping those gears turning yes and not i mean not that's also actually something for me religious guidance and things go is that like, I do not believe in turning away from the world at all. I think I don't, I am not into like, just study your Bible, study your Bhagavad Gita, all of those things. I think that like, I believe in kind of like the way that sick people do is that like, we need to be proactively protecting and doing good, like, and uh, changing the world for the better, not just sitting in our houses and saying the right prayers to get Mm-hmm. you know, favor from, from whoever. Um, but yeah, so there's a really good book operating manual for spaceship earth is the Buckminster Fuller book. It's really short. Um, and he talks about all of his systems and his like, 
uh, geodesic dome stuff and like mm-hmm. um, for like sustainable living and stuff. It, it's really good. Um, but yeah, I hope he's not libertarian. <laughs> let's look. I, I, let's look. I guess I don't know. It's kind of his name that gives me that vibe. I think Buckminster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has. He has like. He sounds like he would be saying some racist stuff on like a talk show <laughs> in '58 or something. Yeah, he'd be sitting there uh, in a wool, wool coat on. William F. Buckley. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's like a bow tie guy. He's got to be right. Yes. Yeah. Nerdy shit. <laughs> um, what did he believe? Humanity would inevitably adopt devices. Yeah, to make things. E- yeah, he kind of got that wrong. Well. Uh, <sighs> The thing is, like automation and like technology to uh, take care of a lot of our workload would be a really good thing if we had like collective ownership of the means of production. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that that makes a huge difference. But as it is, like uh, technological advances and automation of jobs only benefits the people who are making all the profit. Okay, so yeah, he's a transcendentalist, which means core belief is the inherent goodness of people and nature. And while society and its institutions have corrupted the purity of the individual, people are at their best when truly self-reliant and independent. That's mm, kind of okay. that's kind of anarchist, I could say. Yeah, I'd say that's maybe like half libertarian. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, I do not believe that people are inherently good in my experience. I know that just getting him to say that is enough hope. <laughs> but also, it's like also for me, I think also I when I started, I was very flippant, I like fuck the government and all this and stuff. But like I do have come to understand is like we do have to have some sort of central organizing committee of some sort that can handle all of the externalities of life that go beyond like just being a fucking hardworking person that gets a fucking paycheck you know like mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. It, it would be there are so many things that would be better handled talking about the air talking about airlines things like airplanes like there really doesn't need to be competition there should just be like a really proficient system instead there should just be like a a well-done system that we can all utilize because we're citizens of this fucking country and because you want people moving around i mean this like you want people would love to go spend their money in another place it's like when a band go, it's like when a band goes somewhere else. They make a bunch of money. Someone goes tour someone goes somewhere else all of a sudden their pocketbooks wide open, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely like good for uh uh capitalist economic commerce uh, growth. Yeah, yeah. Anything that That's- involves like moving people or goods across the country, it, I think it would make sense to have that be like nationally owned. Because we all benefit from increased movement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I think um I think that we should take seriously like the the a lifetime and what that means. Um mm-hmm. I, I got to I got to tour, you get to tour, and now anyone that tours will tell you it's awful and that you just watch <laughs> movies in the hotel for half the day or but you don't get to do a lot of sightseeing. Sometimes there's some highlights, but like at a certain point, you just go there, you eat, you play, you sleep, and you get out of there. Um, but still, it's like it was so eye opening to see some of these older cities and like how they had founded themselves and like, you know, waterways or to see like crossroads of rail, like railroads and stuff. And 
the way that this the country is built i mean we do have a monoculture but not i mean not always i mean I, there is a lot of there's a lot of unique things about uh, all the cities I've been to. And more than anything, I would just love for people to go and see that stuff. I mean, I think that's what sucks is that people don't get to travel. So they're like afraid of the rest of the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that also like your ability to travel and meet people uh, really hammers home like the connections between all of uh, human life. Like yeah. if and, you're actually around all these other people, you, you have a more concrete understanding that like people are people. We're all the same thing. We're all part of this larger whole. Yeah. And the thing about it is that like suburban ass people, um, if they went to New York city, they would love it. Cause the police are everywhere constantly. <laughs> there are police murals. You can buy a, a New York city police department hat on every fucking corner. They, it is a blue lives matter city. They, there was so the police are the fucking military there. And, uh, <laughs> it's, I, I swear I've, I've walked around doing hard drugs from like, midnight to 8 a.m in the morning and there is not it's like being at a mall it's like being at a mall <laughs> i swear i uh my wife and i went to minneapolis a few months ago for the first time since before the pandemic and it is remarkable how many more police there are just standing around everywhere downtown in minneapolis now like they really did not like the protests <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're um, th like that's the that's the thing too with um this like cop city protest is mm -hmm. I I want to say to like my even like my Confederate flag waving cousins and shit or like conspiracy ones is just dude you don't we don't want them to have a cop city we don't want to let the police get bigger like they they're going to be used on all of us yeah i maybe they would have some sympathy for like a ruby ridge type scenario if you tell them that story <laughs> sure yeah i guess that's smart <laughs> whatever works to be honest it's yeah. just alarming I, to me i just like these fucker they suck everybody knows they fucking suck they're I, I don't but then there's like i think about it and like there's people that don't look like me that aren't like doing criminal stuff that like the police are kind of like customer service, I guess in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've got a cousin with a Confederate flag tattoo. <laughs> Since and... you brought up Confederate cousins. <laughs> <laughs> How's he doing? I've, I think he's all right. Actually. I haven't seen him in years, but my parents saw him at a wedding a while back and he said he was doing pretty well. <laughs> Dude, my, my, I have the best troll cousin ever. He's just on another level. It kills me. He's like, he, 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 after, um, uh, Hamlin, after, uh, the football player, uh, after the collapse, oh, yeah, he was yeah. like, Hey guys, I just want to reach out to all my vaccinated friends. I'm not <laughs> mad or I'm, I just am so concerned. Go get an MRI. You guys, uh, you don't, I, it's, we're not sure what you put in your body and I'm just so worried about you. And just like, <laughs> he's just, just like sitting there weeping for everybody that got vaccinated. It was, it's amazing. And then he also posted something that was like, um, uh, it's a picture of a smoothie. And it's like, when I got that cancer diagnosis, they said, you know, it, that it had decreased in size and in in at a rate they had never seen. And it's because these fruit smoothies that my wife made me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, like, oh. the Steve Jobs method. <laughs> the fruitarian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think I uh 
some of my cousins probably don't want to talk to me anymore because I became more outspoken about being kind of a commie. <laughs> I think I mean I I I mean to be honest, like I'm. I was like, I was mean on the internet about it, but I just think you have, to, we have to have like a weirder, queerer, not status quo lifestyle and friendship structure. And, you know, we need to, I, I, we need to be interacting with other people than just saying, instead of like going along with like middle-class whiteness and then complaining about everybody like, oh, white people suck. It's like, well, live differently, do something about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a scolder. I like to fucking scold people. <laughs> like, yeah. Get your act, get your act together. Get weird <laughs> now. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be your real self. Yeah. I think it is. Be live out loud. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, so you brought up the, uh, the vaccines. Have you experienced any like vaccine side effects long-term? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my no, but when I got COVID, um, my psoriasis has now like, just like taken off. It's the worst it's ever been. Yeah. I have been lucky. I have not uh, caught COVID to my what? knowledge. If if I had it, it was completely asymptomatic, but I, I have never tested positive. You got the I've vaccine? Yeah, I've got like the full, I think it's four doses now. I've, I'm fully vaxxed. Yeah. And you're wearing masks though? I do wear masks like almost every time I'm in public in a room with someone. Yeah. Smart. I'm pretty careful about it still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the way to do it. I mean you, I mean I've had it twice, and uh, I don't want three to happen. Like I'm definitely got KN95s, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mind. I, I will punch someone in the throat. Like anybody that tries to come up to me and say something about my mask, I'm just going to punch him in the throat and walk out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I work at a, a theater in Iowa City, and we had we had this uh, like old man as a a performer a few months ago, and it's. This is very rare. It's still a policy for employees of this theater to wear masks when we're working. And this, this ancient, this ancient like European man who has just been on like international flights and stuff was like giving me shit about wearing a mask. And I'm like, dude, you are going to (laughs) die. Like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. But like, I don't want to give it to someone like you who's like definitely more vulnerable to this than I am. Yeah, you don't want to take a dice roll on that old man. <laughs> You're going to be surprised. There's a lot of old people that got surprised by that shit. Yeah. Um, did I do did I talk about Kate Davis yet? Uh, you did on the secret recording from before that wasn't going well, but we have not talked about it on this one. <laughs> damn it, damn it, I just gave it up. <laughs> um, well, this is we're, we're almost 3 quarters of the way through. Um, I wanted to mention uh, this came from Kasai. It's out in Baltimore. Uh, Keith Davis uh, is a guy that four years ago, they said they found a bullet that came from his gun, um, which I want to remind you is bullshit. There's no like, they can't tell you where the the bullet came from. That's just like woo woo science. It's makes as much sense as crystals. Um, What do they do? They just like match up the caliber. Yeah, they do like the rotational thing. They look at the barrel and the like the the I think the like nicks and thing the little imperfections inside the barrel leave marks on the the shell. Okay. Um is what they say. But it seems like reading tea leaves, you know, like this stuff is like we came up on so many cop shows that it, it's just like, no, there's scientific ways to know who murdered somebody. And then it's you're forensics. Like, yeah, it's like, no, it's just 
a easier way to put more black men in jail, you know, for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, so anyways, they went to go arrest him and they shot him, uh, put him in a coma. He came out of it. He survived. He's been on trial almost four times. They've tried to file charges against him and they now have like totally run out. They can't do anything. Charges are dropped. He's back home. He's not in like waiting to be tried or anything like that. So that is some good news. Yeah, good. That's good. I mean, it sucks that he's been through all that, but at least it's like coming to an end. It sounds like. Yeah, I know. I mean, we just, uh, I don't know how much Joe Biden was like a, a like a, a pacifier pe for people or not, but I mean, we really need to turn back that we need to turn the hatred of the police, like way back up again. Yeah. And, and the president, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> he the president definitely was too. a, was a pacifier because he's like doing anti-immigration shit again like he's just i don't want to say this necessarily but he is pretty much the same as trump yeah i <laughs> i think that it just makes people feel differently you know yeah and yeah. he's just the he's just like a cool grandpa they're like oh he doesn't know what he's saying but like he has a good irish heart you know he has like a good catholic <laughs> catholic heart that guides what he does yeah, he's definitely more comforting than Trump. It's I can't deny that. They definitely picked a good guy to be the pacifier for these turbulent years. Yeah, and I mean I I'm uh, to all the actually people, I know there are things that have Im improved, you know, some labor law or some niche issue that you care about, yeah. Yeah, sure. not not so much uh, I wouldn't give him that much credit for that. Like, especially with I, the, the averting the rail strike thing. That was like some of yes, the most anti-labor federal government action in the past several years. <laughs> Good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. That was a huge miss. Um, I mean, it's just ripe for a moment. Like, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm way more ambitious and like delusional, but like, I just feel like if you had the chance to just get the, everybody's attention like it seems like the time to inspire people to like give a shit about like what we're doing again you know um and and like that means like you know the actual working people the shit that the things that make make all the gears work yeah i if there's any place that i have any like optimism it's in labor stuff but that's probably because i personally have <laughs> had some success there in the past yeah i mean so I mean, it's great. I mean, it's good to have people say that. Yeah, humans are valuable. There, these are people. These aren't like, these aren't just like pieces of a, of a machine that you can replace. You know, and they deserve to have livable wages and sick time. And we don't, yeah, we don't want people fucking coming in when they're sick and shit. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier than ever to convince your coworkers that they need a union. It's I, I yeah I mean it's really it's really the the tide has turned um, younger people definitely I mean there's a there yeah, was yeah. a lot of bow tie ass Republican kids now still of course <laughs> but but I think that the the realm of radical because even for me like in high school there wasn't a lot of radical texts I was reading on the computer I was mostly you know just looking up dumb shit um, but like <laughs> yeah. books and things. Uh, those were good, but now there is just, there are memes that explain concepts that like, you know, somebody wrote a whole chapter about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this probably, I mean, I, I doubt that like young kids are really listening to podcasts, but I, I do think like for me, like left podcasts were a big help. Like I, I basically quit my office job because of street fight. 
Oh, really? <laughs> uh, I mean, it definitely right. en- encouraged me to make those moves. Yeah. You're like Gibby Haynes from the Butthole Surfers. <laughs> he, he was going to be like a lawyer. He was like almost about to graduate. And then he was like, man, fuck this. And then just became Gibby Haynes from the Butthole Surfers. Yeah, it worked out for him. <laughs> it's a positive example. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's like, that's how I feel too. Like, was, I mean, I, I am not like stable for like an office or like any sort of work. And like people, I'm just at a point where I want to take my little trashy things and turn them into treasures. I want to do my podcast. Um I don't care about like six figures. I don't care about like most things uh, that, that we're told is like a a measure of success, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, well, I mean, at this point I work fewer hours most of the time and make more money than back when I had a full-time office job. So like it can be scary to give up that kind of like uh, everyday stability, but like, they're the rewards are greater like if you find the right stuff i've been lucky and i'm like you know i'm like a middle class white guy so it's easier for me to take risks like that but if you are in the position to do so and you hate your job and it increases your suicidal ideation like it was for me like you know (laughs) yeah take a chance (laughs) yeah no i I think um i think the more you move towards just the people that make you happy in the lifestyle it's like how does somebody become you know a, a a, a member of a band or an artistic project and live a life. And, you know, it might, you don't have to be like extremely successful, but you can get by creating art, you know, um, in a lot of these cities too. I mean, if you know how to do it, you know, if you, if that's what you want to do and, and you really go after it and, you know, of course you gotta have some talent you can't be too delusional. You can't just pick somebody else's dream for yourself. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. the more that, the more that you find, um, what you're good at and what, what, and double down on that, your strengths, instead of worrying about the things that you lack, like I, there's things that I don't, I bring to the team that like, I'm not good at at all, but then it's like, oh, these other people actually fill in all the gaps for me. And I I'm filling in gaps for them. You know, I can do communication or I can do whatever, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And to be clear, I'm not like making a living off of purely like creative pursuits, but like when I need money, I can get jobs. Like I, I deliver uh, a local magazine every month. I help them with their distribution. And that's something that takes, you know, maybe 10 hours a month. And I, that takes care of like a fourth of my bills. (laughs) All right. Not bad. So pick up little things like that, that don't like suck your soul out every single day at 8am and you know, you can knock out the bills that you need to. Yeah, I pick know. Up, pick up the slack where you're not like making enough money making a podcast or whatever. <laughs> right. Exactly. Fill in the gaps. No, I, I agree. That's what I'm trying to like figure out to teach my kid. Like she's really like, I'm, I don't like school and stuff. And I'm like, well, you got to get good at something else. You got to, you got to <laughs> prove that you don't need school. If you can prove you don't need a school to get, get your thing done, it don't matter. But like, you got to be, you got to make sure that you're really all about it. You know, mm-hmm. that school is, school is really fucking helpful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, shortcomings with public education, but it's definitely the best, uh, best investment we've got. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to answer some questions? I don't want to take up all your time. Oh, I'd love to answer some questions. Um, let's see what we got here. Oh, um, up uh what's it what's your favorite biography 
Oh, interesting. Movie, I guess. Uh, I don't know that I have read. I'm going to stick with books to seem smarter. Um, <laughs> Smart. <laughs> the, uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X is super interesting. And like, he probably lied about a bunch of stuff in there. So that makes it way more fun. <laughs> but I was assigned that in high school and it was like really eye-opening. So if you have, if you made it like to adulthood without reading it, I think you'd get a lot like reading the words of Malcolm X. I did that um, after the George Floyd thing because it wasn't assigned to me. And I was like, I mean, I don't, I feel like I have a huge knowledge gap on like what he would, he said. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it would definitely. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite cryptid? Ooh, ooh. Uh, I listened to the episode you do with Natalie D and I was hoping you would ask me the same question. Uh, so this is like a, kind of a local one. So I doubt a lot of people are familiar with it. Um, something called the Van Meter Visitor. Ooh. <laughs> There's I like a small it. town called Van Meter, which is kind of near Des Moines. And I forget exactly when this took place, but it was like either late 1800s or early 1900s. There was like this weird people saw it in the dark at first so i don't think they knew exactly what it looked like but there was some sort of creature like terrorizing their town like jumping up on street lamps and like breaking stuff and they a few like townspeople like tried to shoot at it and it escaped and then they chased it to a cave near town and there's like newspaper stories about this from the time yeah yeah that's there it is on the cryptid wiki <laughs> i have visited that page myself um it looks cool it kind of looks like um wait what's that pokemon that has the bone head <laughs> uh well to me that looks like a rhyhorn cubone 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 has the skull head yeah. yeah yeah he has like a cubone type head um with wings though like walk it looks like wings walking on the ground yeah yeah the wings are also its legs <laughs> yeah maybe it like got clipped or something um or maybe it's like that vampire from midnight mass and the wings got stabbed up <laughs> that's uh that's the one of the uh newspaper articles right there i think below the the journal 19, yeah 1903 van meter hot there under the collar Ta- town has been maligned by ghost stories <laughs> Yeah, so this got out into like the national press, and Van Meter was like a laughing stock. So that's what this is a response to. There's uh, a picture of like some people in the, on a farm, like with a dragon taking a horse away. Yeah, he picked up their <laughs> cattle and flew off. Um, but one of the newspaper stories said that the townspeople like chased this creature to a cave, and then they were shooting at the cave, and the creature came back out of the cave, and it had like a baby next to it. So they saw two of them <laughs> and then so they said, they're like, yeah, it's, it's terrible. They use their kids as their hostages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Human shield or a van meter visitor shield. Uh, and then it, it, they receded back into the cave and they never saw them again. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is pretty popular story around um, the mountains uh, and, uh, and other mysterious places. I think maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe they, they went extinct. Yeah. My, um, my friend Gavin Aronson, he runs like an independent news, uh, website in Iowa called the Iowa informer. And he had like a short podcast project he was doing a couple years ago. 
called Iowa Off Kilter, and they did an episode like investigating the claims of the Van Shit, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't know where I, lo- I lost it. Where's that? Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, my friend Gavin Aronson uh, on his podcast, Iowa Off Kilter, they did an episode about the Van Meter Visitor and they like went there and were interviewing locals about it because there's a an annual Van Meter Visitor Festival there. So it's like a big thing in that small nice. town. And I think the conclusion that he came to was it was probably a turkey vulture. <laughs> <laughs> a really big one? Yeah, I guess like a, an oversized turkey vulture. That was in like the middle the of the night? The best scientific explanation that they could come up with with the evidence available. Maybe last vampire could have they could it could have been one of the last of a vampire that was stuck in you know that part of the world. Yeah, it was like like halfway shape shifted or something, and it got stuck. <laughs> yeah, just an ancient beast that uh, went extinct. Sucks. We could have could have. Uh, co-mingled with them and had eternal life maybe on earth <laughs> yeah um what's a piece of advice that's absolutely true hmm. aside from the stuff that i just said about quitting your job <laughs> sure um i think this is something that uh like young white men specifically could could learn um it is good to be nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Like, um, it's really funny, like in a movie or something to see somebody be an asshole to all their friends. And they're like really clever and funny with the way that they're mean. But when you do that too much in real life, it, uh, pushes people away <laughs> instead of making them better friends. Yeah. People aren't always into you like shitting on them. Mm-hmm. That's not like the it's not the deal that most friendships rely upon. Yeah, ball busting can be fun, but uh there's you got to also like actually be nice and and love each other too. <laughs> yeah, do thing do things for each other, say you mean a lot to me, I appreciate your friendship, say it out loud. Yeah, it it does matter. And like not not to get too serious about it, but like someday everyone's going to be dead and like the, the more you're nice to them while you're alive, the better you'll feel about that relationship. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that uh, like regret is just regret is the worst, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do what you can to have less regrets. Smart. Um, what's a band or musician relatively unknown that you think is a big deal? Okay. I think this is a great question for me. Because I mostly only listen to music by people that I know personally. <laughs> cool. And so people on this podcast probably don't know them. Um, the other day, I listened to my friend Josh's album. His his artist's name is Copper Johnson. Okay. And I listened to his most recent album, which is called Yellow Version. Like named after the Pokemon game. Huh? Um, <clears throat> he lives in Louisiana now, but I met him when he was living here in uh, Iowa City. And he does kind of like a, he's got kind of a bluegrass aesthetic, uh, but he also plays like harmonica and melodica and, uh, and other, he's, pl- he plays a lot of instruments. Um, and I used to book him for local shows here and he, he writes really well-crafted songs. Like the lyrics are really meaningful and often silly. He's, he's a really great performer, Copper Johnson. I love it. I'm looking at it right now. We'll close the show out. What song? 
Oh shoot! Uh, let me pull it up, <laughs> and I'll pick one. Actually, um, there's there's a nice instrumental called Route One. That would be a nice one to end on. Perfect. I see it right here. Excellent. Yeah. Um. Oh, how much time we got? Oh, um, what do your internet targeted ads look like right now? <laughs> I. A lot of my internet browsing is on the computer where I am fortunate enough to have an ad block that works. But when I look at stuff on my phone, uh, when I look at Facebook, it is like almost entirely right wing merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Why? I really you're, don't know. You're not like lurking on those sites to see like what the baddies are up to? No, not really. Like, it, is it because I like follow minion death cult or something <laughs> i get like uh steven crowder has been showing up on my facebook feed recently um no. i get like the, the tuttle twins that stuff <laughs> i um, get that too <laughs> my, my uh, kids love it yeah black rifle coffee stuff oh yeah i get a lot wow, of that that's bad that's really bad um right now mine are ooh, i found hostage tape have you seen hostage tape it's no. a, you put it over your mouth so that you don't breathe out of your mouth when you sleep. <laughs> it, it like forces you to breathe out of your nose because you tape your mouth shut at night. Yeah. Do you need to buy a specific product for that or can you just use any tape? Dude, there's a whole, I mean, I saw a guy <laughs> on a podcast explaining his, how he came up with it and like using masking tape and making like a lip shaped like thing that he could put on his face every night. Wow. Yeah. Hostage tape. It helps with like snoring maybe too. I think that's what it is because yeah, I've also, I started recently snoring. I was not a person that did that. Um, but I started taking Seroquel, which is like a, it's an antipsychotic. It's a cr crazy person medicine, but it's also, also used for sleep. It helps people sleep. And, mm. uh, apparently the reason that like I was so depressed and didn't have energy all the time is because I was like not getting any rest at all. Like just yeah, laying yeah. down like a vampire and just crossing my arms and legs and then getting up five hours later. Um, <laughs> That's how I was at like the height of the pandemic. I was like pounding caffeine all day and then like, no, I wasn't exerting any of that energy. So I just lay in my bed, just like fidgeting all night long. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, literally like, like people are like waking me up. Rachel wakes me up. My kid wakes me up. Uh, so yeah, I have to go talk to the doctor too about like that switch up and all of that. Yeah. My dad just got like fitted for a CPAP machine finally. Yeah, I don't want that. It seems like it'd be hard for me to sleep with something on my face, but like he snores real bad, so he really needed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I might too. I'll do whatever I I have to, but. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's rough because also, I mean, I do feel, I actually do also feel like sometimes I'm going to die in the middle of the night. Like, I start having a dream where I'm like, I can't talk, I can't talk, and I feel like I'm choking, and then like I wake mm -hmm. up, and it's like that is not fun. Yeah. So actually, that's something I was time. something I was thinking about when I was listening to your show the other day because like, uh, you were talking with Natalie D about like supernatural experiences, and I like. I can't think of any like real experiences I've had except for like sleep paralysis stuff. Yeah. You've been like locked in a bed and seen like stuff ahead in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Or like this happened a lot when I was a kid, like when I was sick specifically, I would have dreams like that where like, 
I would end up like on the floor of the living room, like wrapped up really tight in a blanket. And there's like a circle of people I know standing around me laughing. And I'm like trying to get out and trying to scream and nothing's coming out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I feel like, yeah, sometimes we carry some stuff into the world that, yeah, hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. No. My, my dreams, like that's, that's where that stuff comes to me is like my imagination. I, yeah, like, I've had that. Take I've had me hostage. <laughs> I've had, um, I don't know if it's sleep paralysis because I felt like I could, I never felt like I couldn't move, but I've laid with the covers and felt like the room was a little feeling full of smoke. Like when I looked in the darkness, it felt like the room was filling smoke. And then there's like some, like a reaper type or like those old, like just one of those ghastly fucking things. I can't remember what they're called, but uh, something like that, like filling the room. And I was kind of terrified, but also kind of chill and kind of was like, what's going on. And I don't know. Um, that that was like the definitely the biggest moment of uh like that that I've ever had, you know. Yeah, yeah. I also had uh I had like night terrors when I was like really young and I vividly remember the like entity that was visiting me in my dreams. It was like this big black furry creature with red glowing eyes Ooh. who like haunted me for like the first few years of my life. <laughs> And like where did trying that to come from like why was that appearing in my like my mind's eye when i was a baby sleeping where did where did he come from <laughs> like trying to catch you mostly just like being around me and just like just being a scary presence sure just intimidating yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. Like maybe the veil didn't get closed enough when you go to sleep, and then like they're one of the like, "Hey, kid, go to sleep." <laughs> like one of the security guards of the night. Yeah, yeah. That that's one of one of those things that makes me believe a little bit in like the paranormal kind of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a part of. Uh, I mean, that's a big part of uh, Hinduism as well. It's like that. There's four states, which is like awake, sleeping dreaming like sleeping and dreaming are are seen as different things you know sleeping mm -hmm. is like being fucking dead dreaming is like showing up in a place your mind makes a body for you your mind makes the whole world the mind just makes up on the fly just creates this thing this whole scenario for you you know yeah it seems like your senses are like way too opened up like anything could get in there <laughs> <laughs> for, for sure leaky energy <laughs> is the problem <laughs> Um, uh, last one. Uh, what do you consider yourself a master of? Mm. Oh, I, I literally have a master's degree in music composition. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that I'd really call myself a master of that, but that's what, I, that's what everybody with a master's degree has to say though. Yeah. It's it, like grad school is for learning like how little, uh, traditional official, uh, education really means in, in your yeah. like pursuits um i i do think that i'm pretty good at like uh exploring the possibilities of sound though okay yeah like just you um you just follow an intuition or do you get like a flow state or something yeah kind of uh improvisation and music has been my focus for like a decade now so uh sort of just uh you know, opening yourself up like in a dream, uh, whatever yeah. sort of uh, possibilities come to you in the moment. Like that's how you 
create a piece of music and maybe other people won't get as much out of it as you do, but you've created something. Maybe it's beautiful. Not, not so much from an aesthetic perspective sometimes, but from just like the, the process of creation is beautiful. Yeah. Do you think it, so do you think uh, it's more about the process than like the outcome, the outcome, maybe not might not be the most polished song that could ever be written, but it's like the pursuit is, is a a different purpose or I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that the process can also be part of the presentation. It kind of has to be in, in the scenario I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 kind of thinking of like improv comedy where like people shit on it and it's like, well, you get in front of a room of people and just come <laughs> up with something on the fly. Like, yeah, it's not going to be like it's not going to be like they had a, a budget to sit down and write a fucking comedy thing, but it is just going to be people using their imagination right now to like keep the show going, you know? It's like mm-hmm. it's intriguing. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm in like super open experimental musical improvisation, you're kind of uh people let a lot more slide than like improv comedy because sure. it's so much more abstract that like they don't expect necessarily to get like a big reaction like a laugh whereas improv comedy everyone has like pretty high expectations for yeah. that experience <laughs> true yeah it's a very high bar yeah well thanks for doing it we've done an hour here and i appreciate the conversation um you're a gem as always. And uh, if you want to hear more, you're on the rock hard caucus podcast and um, your music is wombat. Uh, yeah. Why don't you, if you have any interest in the music I was talking about, go to my website, justin And that's got links to all that stuff. Cause I'm kind of like spread out right now. Makes sense. Yeah. The original well, link I- tree, a website. yeah yeah using my like 25 year old html knowledge to just put like a little bit of information on a web page yeah um thanks for having me on it was nice to uh, catch up it's been a while since we actually talked to each other yeah this was good um and i'd love to have you back maybe we can jump into a piece of media or some music and uh and do something else that'd be fun yeah i heard you're like maybe gonna try to do like a call-in type thing yeah, I want to do, I need to get enough money together because I can't do it myself. I have to pay somebody to set it up. I don't mm-hmm. have the technical abilities, but I want to do a chain co-host thing. Yeah, where, yeah. So the first person would pick up, I would answer, their, I would do talk to them. Then we would answer the next call. And then after that person was done, the first person would get off the phone and then the third person would call in and then the third person would be the host. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds so fun. I, I wish that I could be like an Art Bell type of guy. Like that's the yeah. ideal of radio for me is like Art Bell open lines all night. Just answering calls from weird people would be so fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I do sometimes feel like a magnifying glass in a way where um, I struggle with sometimes like, I don't know what my goals are. I don't what I want to do or what I accomplish and things like that. And other people are like, tell me, you know, whatever's good about me. And, and I, I just agree and, and believe them, but like more than anything, I like to drag like uh, interesting insights or make people make a stance and like say something real or true, or that makes sense to them and uh, is honest. And like, that's really like my, uh, my goal. Yeah. I think that's a strength, a strength of yours and of this like medium in particular, like chat podcasting. Yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's, 
it's just um it's frivolous and seems silly but it just means so much because you don't know how easy it is to touch somebody's life or to help somebody out that's having a weird problem you know like i fucking was worried about moving home and being embarrassed about that and then i heard ram das say something that made it okay and then i was like well i don't have to think about it anymore i don't have to feel bad <laughs> i have a reason yeah. to feel good i have a reason to feel good about it you know Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what I hope to bring more of, uh, support the show by going to patreoncom slash relatively unknown co. Uh, if you want to read me to read your tarot cards, I'll do that. Basically it's just jumping on a live stream or phone call with me for 15 minutes. You can ask me some advice. I'll see what the cards say. Um, everybody that's done it so far has been pretty happy and, uh, I made some believers out of folks. <laughs> um, uh, I will see you later the um live stream is happening on friday for all the patreon people and uh i'll be back then peace